and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Three... So the red light's rolling. Um, we are here early morning recording some podcasts. Uh, Mr. Mike and I having a bit of a chat over StreamYard. Um, fantastic, mate, isn't it? Fantastic yeah. to be here, mate. No, nowhere better to be than recording nowhere the podcast. Be, my you know, favourite part the, of the week, mate. The, the things we do for our dear listeners. And uh, yeah, we were out and about early on a Saturday morning and uh, recording Fleet Geek podcast. That's the living the high life, isn't it? Eh? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about driver defects and driver defect reporting this session. Mm. Um, now, uh, Mike has been prepping a new driver walk around check driver CPC half day module, of course, uh, for a client, which we're doing specifically for them. Quick plug is something that flagship partners do offer uh, if you're interested. Um, it's a fantastic way of getting your drivers engaged and uh, you'd be amazed what doing a bit of branding on a PowerPoint presentation would do for driver engagement when they see that it's specific and relevant for their job. Um, but, but, but either way, uh, something came to light during uh, the preparation for that, for that course, didn't it, Mike, around um, a bit of uncertainty around driver defect reporting. What should be reported and what must be reported and then we also came across particularly a certain driver check app um coming across as whether something was safety or non-safety related in a as opposed to probably the preferred terminology of roadworthy or unroadworthy yeah um am i sort of hitting the nail on the head absolutely yeah Yeah. uh, where you're at so tell me a bit more tell me a bit more about the the safety versus non-safety and then roadworthy versus unroadworthy I think is a good starting point yeah so yeah absolutely and I think it's we have to be as as transport managers we have to be careful when we are giving drivers instruction you know drivers have you know it's almost the right isn't it to have clear instruction from us what they want us to do and I you know I always always emphasize this in any training I do um, that uh, it is incumbent on us to make sure that drivers are trained to do a walk around check, and that that but that might seem um, difficult sometimes. Teaching, you know, I hate that saying, but you know, teaching your grand grandmother to suck eggs, you know, and you get the driver. I've been driving thirty years. How are you going to tell me how to check a vehicle? And I think in some cases it probably isn't. You know, there are certainly cases where drivers need to be shown how to check a vehicle and what you know what a tire looks like what a wheel looks like but you know the vast majority of drivers think can work that out for themselves but i think the ambiguity lies in um when when is that when does something become reportable and how it's reported and i think that's where the ambiguity lies and um you know i would challenge anybody who's operating vehicles out there to um ask your drivers you know just say to your drivers look by by, by way of a sort of audit you know um what do you do in your driver walk around check? How do you do it? What do you do? What would you report? What wouldn't you report? How do you report it? And I'll tell you what, I think you'd probably be surprised you get several different answers from your drivers where you might think that you've got a great system in place. But yeah, so the ambiguity, and I think it's 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 kind of on a lot of these systems we see, um, 
it's it's a choice of language that that they use. And this particular one was um, the drivers had an opportunity to choose between safety and non-safety related defects. Where when I did a little bit of digging, what it what it actually comes down to is roadworthy or not roadworthy, and that is different from safe and unsafe. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, if a driver if a driver's got um, uh, you know, a dodgy tire. So let's, let's say there's a split in the tire, rip a, a tear in the tire, and the cords are exposed. That would be unroadworthy, and and it would also be unsafe. So there's that nice clear distinction. Um, so you'd expect the driver to uh, no, you know, that 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 vehicle would not be leaving that yard that day. And that's I think that's the the line, isn't it? But that's what we're trying to get drivers to filter out. Is it safe for me to take this vehicle out on the road today? Is it? Would that vehicle be unroadworthy? Should I take it past the gates and get a pull or whatever, or worst case, an, an accident happens and it's found to be uh, a defective tire? Now, what if, what if one of my cameras wasn't working? Well, what if my reversing camera wasn't working? Would I still take the vehicle out? Would I mark that vehicle down as being unroadworthy? So that vehicle would would potentially still be roadworthy because it's not a legal requirement. However, the, the drivers the, the vehicle is unsafe it would, would potentially could potentially be unsafe in certain circumstances so i um, mean if you were going to do you know some reverses it, it becomes right? a safety it is, does become a safety, a safety related yeah. effect because the camera is there as uh uh i forgot what the term is for post fitment um aftermarket fitment to improve safety that's what that's what it's there yeah. for isn't it so it's a safety it's a related down defect. safe <laughs> with it yeah. not working <laughs> why fit it in the first place absolutely but it passed its mot without it would pass an mot and it would pass muster with the dvsa um so you know they're not going to even name them check your camera you look at them, they don't care about you. well i'm not saying they don't care about your cameras but it's, it no. doesn't come in their remit it's not yeah absolutely so it, it, it is a tricky one and and if drivers are not clear if you're not clear with drivers on what you want them to do and not do what you're going to end up with as a transport manager from from bitter experience what you're going to end up with is phone calls at four o'clock in the morning i've got uh, you know my camera's not working i can't get one of the cameras. do i take the vehicle out or not um yeah. uh, which which I, I suppose is a good thing because the driver has had the presence of mind to phone you up in the morning you know phone you up but um you, you're not going to get many good nights sleep if that keeps going on are you so it's, it's a really tricky thing isn't it because you want them you want them to be able to report defects and for you to be able to deal with them on a timely manner but at the same same time you need to have a a, a way of protecting yourself from out of hours calls as well haven't you because Absolutely, that's not, yeah that's not good for anyone from a stress point of view is it and then you've got to make that decision um, do you tell the driver, yeah, it's okay to go out like that? Um, uh, and then, you know, should something happen later on that day, it's going to be, you know, the driver's reversed over somebody, you know, something terrible's happened and um, you, you've got a problem. Um, it, it, it's that's the, you know, that's so that's the, the, the debate that we've, you know, we have to have in our own heads. Um, and, you know, we have to do a risk assessment and we literally have to do one on the hoof. So you say to the driver, what you got on? You know, what, what are you doing today? Well, I'm, you know, I'm just, trunking up the motorway to Barnsley or wherever and I'm coming back again you know so um the chances are you're not going to really need the reversing cameras or even even the proximity cameras if if it was one of them that was to be faulty if that driver would say well actually I've got to go down to London <laughs> I'm delivering in, in the West End you know then then we've got a different 
Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. Different ball game, haven't we? We've got a different yeah, risk. Absolutely. absolutely. I think um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're... To an extent, I think people will be listening and going, but I can't, I can't predict every potential eventuality. However, and, and, and that is true, but on the other hand, all the time we carry out what you're saying, dynamic risk assessments, you know, a risk assessment of, you know, what is the exact example at this point? What are the, you know, what are the risks involved? How likely is there to be an issue? Um, and like you say, the two, the two different situations really, really vary. But um, I think, I think it'd be a really prudent thing for fleet and transport managers to sit down and consider what for them on their type of work, what are the mandatory requirements for drivers? So this is the stuff we're going to park vehicles up for. Yeah. This is the stuff we're going to let go and repair at the earliest opportunity. And they could almost have a list, a checklist, couldn't they? Of things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, and, and, and that'd be a, a, refer, a, a referral sort of checklist. That's, not about i've just literally come up with that no, that's, that's a cracking cracking thought that yeah sort of have a yeah. you know i know we don't want to overburden with people with policies and what have you but you know kind of as you say like have a checklist it, it would actually a cheat, a cheat sheet or something in the cab would be great wouldn't it or or, or on a phone or something like that if you've yeah, got that absolutely it might surprise you know our listeners to to know and as, as if you followed these you'll know that i'm a bit of an aviation geek and uh it might surprise people to know that there is quite a list of things that an aircraft can fly, depending on type, of course, yeah, all aircrafts are different. That there's a, there is a list of things, faults, that aircraft can legally fly with, um, And but there's a checklist, like all pilots have checklists for everything, don't they? So, um, you know, if, if they found something, uh, you know, a warning light or, you know, some, some part of the equipment wasn't working correctly, um, there is a, a checklist that they can go through to say, yeah, that's still... It's reportable, but it's still okay to take to take out on the roads. And I think you know that's a great shout, Pete. We, you know, as an operator, you know your operation, you know better than anybody. Um, so have you know, draw yourself up a little, you know, no go go sort of thing, uh, and then convey that to your drivers. I suppose and keep the other it as simple, simple as possible. But I think I think the key thing for transport managers is to remember is that key differentiation that you've just made between safety and non-safety related for example you have safety related items like cameras um you know like for example uh the hat the bar that you have to grab onto to climb climb up yeah, um, yeah. you know those things are safety related, related. but aren't related to roadworthiness and yeah. ultimately differentiating between roadworthiness what is roadworthy and unroadworthy what will pass or fail an mot that is a decision as to whether you VOR something. But also, do you have company policies in place? For example, if in, in a lot of companies, you know, if a guard is broken on a machine or uh, there's a step broken on a ladder or something like that, because I, I see all sorts of vehicles driving around. They've got steps damaged, for steps example. Damaged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steps damaged from Not an a incident. roadworthiness issue, unless it was loose or jagged or something, uh, but yeah. How, however, as your safety person had an input, because actually, would you use a damaged ladder? And yeah. you know, 
and 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 this is something you know i think i implore operators to really really think about in advance i think and and probably do do a bit of a plan because it it's not as easy to just replace a ladder as what it is to replace a step on a, a damaged step on a vehicle that's maybe uh, not safe but the last thing you want to do as a driver you know you've got a 25 30 stone hoofing driver <laughs> coming in and out on a, on a broken step and you know if they and you'd be surprised how many accidents happen like that. And and as you say, how many broken steps there are, you know, tippers are yeah. particularly I must say, I don't I don't know if a broken step would be roadworthy or unroadworthy. Well, I suppose it, depends. it depends. It depends on the sharp edges. It depends yeah, on the, it. Yeah. the condition yeah. of the step once it's damaged. Again, you know, it's difficult for a driver. No, you know, it, bear in mind they're under a bit of pressure. It's probably in a yard, it's dark, it's early morning, everybody wants to get out of the yard to, to make a decision. I've got a step that's broken. In some cases, that step might be un- a roadworthiness issue because it might offer, as you say, jagged edges or be loose and likely to be detached. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or it might just be missing, <laughs> you know, a lot not there at all. And and it's not going to be a roadworthiness issue if it's not there at all. So yeah. um, it's a difficult it's a difficult call for, for drivers to make, isn't it, at, at, under that sort of pressure? And I think there's another element to this as well. And the other element is drivers over-reporting things, which... Yes. It's very difficult to knock a driver for over-reporting something. But I'll tell you what happens. Drivers will report stuff that isn't really even safety or roadworthiness related, um, but they'll report them and they'll put them on the sheet. And then the next day, when miraculously the workshop haven't fixed it overnight, you know, I'm driving up the M6 and I can't get Ken Bruce on my radio because it goes all mm-hmm. crackly just at that point. Um, you know, and then the next day they'll they'll think, well, I reported that yesterday, and they've still not done nothing about it. And then they'll keep on reporting it, and then eventually they'll say, I never bother reporting anything because nothing ever gets done. How many times? Yeah. I bet you've heard that a million times, Pete. A, 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 a million times, right? A million times. You know, and you you are you are absolutely right because there's a, there's another category of stuff which is isn't safety related, isn't roadworthy related, but will really fuck your drivers off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and that category, that category is things like, so I've got a specific one at the moment around the door seal. You know, a vehicle's been repainted and the door seals have been refitted and they're, they're crap. And they're, yeah. yeah, so they're leaking water in. And they're whistling. <laughs> it's not, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And they're noisy. Yeah, so exactly. it's not safety related. It's not roadworthy or unroadworthy issue, but it's really fucking the driver off. Yeah. You know, and it it's, you know, it's those think- things, it's those things that, you know, I also implore operators just get them fixed because, or at the earliest opportunity, or at least reassure your driver you're gonna, you know, you, you're on it because yeah. there's nothing gonna fuck drivers off more than those things. But I think it's it's honesty as well with drivers. It's it's um, you know, phone phoning Bob Bob. Let's use Bob as phoning Bob up that day and saying, "Oh, Bob, I see you've reported a door seal today." Um, yes, pal. What's the problem? Getting to you know, getting to getting the the lowdown on the problem, and then saying, "Well, look, pal, you know." We ain't going to fix it tonight. We ain't going to fix it tomorrow. But next time it goes in for a PMI, next time it goes in for a service or what have you, next time it's in the workshop, we'll get it sorted, mate. Um, and and that, you know, otherwise, Bob's just going to keep writing it down. on the, And then he's just going to say, and then the next time there's a wheel hanging off, he's going to say, well, no, I'm not going to bother reporting it because I won't do anything about it. 
Yeah, so no one it, ever does anything. Exactly. It's, it's, so you've got to communicate that strategy to the drivers, haven't you? So yeah. they've got to understand. They've got to, because a lot of drivers, like you say, and this is, you know, I'm getting quite sort of revved up about it, but a lot of drivers just see a defect as a defect, don't they? So yeah. I've reported a defect, therefore you should repair it. And actually, in reality, not all defects are made equal, are they? Some no, are. And, that, and that's a, that's a great point, Pete. It, it, that's a great point. It's not black and white. Like a lot of what we do in our world, it's not black and white. Is there's a lot of coloured edges around them, around it, isn't there? And um, and but you've got as a transport professional, as a transport manager, you've got to uh, a understand that and b communicate that to your drivers. Otherwise, you're going to get this this uh, this this impasse between you know what's great. I mean, you know, like we can, we can all you know. Actually, I can't say this because I've got a new car, haven't I, Pete? So it might, it's perfect. I can't find anything wrong with it. But, you know, it's like, you know, we all know as car drivers, we have these little foibles and little things that we want. Oh, you know, there's a little squeak or a little glove box rattle or something. Well, you know, um, and we'd like to, that annoys us and we want want it fixed. But, you know, we're, got, we're not going to get done overnight, are we? That's the that's the problem. But uh, it's um Interesting one, but yeah, that's a really, really good, uh, really good thoughts, isn't it? And that, that got me thinking. Actually, developing that course really, course really got me thinking about what um, two two things I would recommend to, to transport managers if you if you haven't already got this, even if you're not mechanically minded or don't come from that sort of background. Um, one is to get yourself a copy of the MOT Testers Manual for HGVs. A um, little bit heavy reading, to be fair, if you're not technical. Um, but I suppose the better one would probably be the categorization of defects. I think that's a must have. Uh, and that will help you to understand and help your drivers understand what what it is that will stop them going out the gate in the morning. You know, without without a shadow of a doubt, this this defect is you're not going anywhere. You know, don't don't try to get through to midday or dinner time or this afternoon when you come back in the yard. This ain't going anywhere. And those two are really, really good. Um because essentially that's what the DVSA are going to be using at the side of the road. So um, mm-hmm. it, uh, those two publications for me are must-haves. Yeah. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. Um, mate, great podcast. I hope people have enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, how do you manage your driver defects? How do you support that? Sometimes a cheeky WhatsApp message just to acknowledge, particularly on something that's non-safety related, uh, non uh, non safety related, non like not a roadworthiness issue, but might be a uh, a point of driver frustration. A cheeky WhatsApp to recognise, okay, pick that up, we'll sort it at the next service or what have you. You know, do we need to sort it before then for you? Is it causing you that much aggravation? Uh, that's uh, always worth a shout to, isn't it, mate? Anyway, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we're going to pick up at the end of these podcasts. What we've got because we're doing some of this, some of this will go out on YouTube. I think it all goes out on YouTube, don't it? Was obviously yeah, some of it you've got the the, the, the cat the, um, like, subscribe, and what's the uh, other one? Can't remember now. Comment. That's it. Comment, like, and subscribe. That's it. There we go. Hit the subscribe button below, guys. Hit the subscribe button below. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic, mate. All right. See you on the next one. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.